We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. Big day on the show today, Fern. You know, we started recording these just over two years ago, actually. We were having some issues with Apple. I was digging in. Young Katie was digging in. I think it was just because of the update. But Well, let's define digging in. By digging in, you were texting me and saying, I don't see it. That was the extent of your digging in. And then Katie actually dug in and was just like, I'll contact Apple. So when you say digging in, I feel like that it's fair that we should define your version of digging in, which is complained to me. That I digging in, I mean, Apple. hard reboot of my phone. Yeah. Reboot, yeah. text firm. No, I think it was because they did an update. I mean, it, let's be honest. Katie's great. I don't think she called Steve Jobs. I don't think Steve Jobs is alive anymore. So I don't know who you would call However, him. If you did call Steve Jobs, everybody, wa- everybody wants to know how that conversation went. He was my only contact at Apple, and now I, now I don't have anyone. But if you listen on the Apple podcast, hopefully it's back up and running for you. All of a sudden, there's like seven new episodes. But what it also did, it showed me, it's, it has this new thing where it says how long you've been subscribed to a specific show. Meaning we can see that for our listeners or like you can see for the podcast you subscribed to. Yeah. So I could, I had subscribed to like two podcasts, this being one of them. And then it, it showed that I've been subscribed since April of 2019, which is probably, you know, that's exactly when we launched. So is it, I thought we launched in March. We may have, maybe I didn't subscribe right away. Maybe probably not. Few episodes yeah. You, right. you were probably not fully committed at that point. You're like, mm, I don't know if this is going to work out. So anyway, it's been two years. And, you know, we had a great episode last week, as it is, and people really were intrigued by what we were saying, hard work, and you can take that and and really extrapolate it to any business, any entrepreneurial venture in that it's been two years, and today is our first day with somebody on the show with us. Well, not just just somebody, right? Not a guest. Katie, Katie, as we will now refer to her, as we tried to get young Jess, she turned me down. Not, not the first time that she's turned me down in twenty years, but with that Navy salary. Yeah, the, uh, um, but Katie, who is what I will describe as the glue, or um, largely the person that is the buffer between me punching you in the face. (laughs) Not, not the three thousand miles, Katie. Yeah, 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 not the three thousand miles, Katie. So yeah, Katie has, uh, Katie's been working with us for, well, I mean, officially since she got back, by the way, we should all congratulate Katie on her very new marriage marriage. She is a newlywed just recently got married. Thanks. It's really popping me up. So, um, people that we work with have talked to Katie because we know we came up with a, did you you like that title? I came up with Katie. Yeah. Director of operations. Seemed very powerful. Director of (laughs) operations. Director of operations, and you know that's really what it is. A lot of people have spoken to her that, that now work with us. She's you know one of the people that 
you would find out if you're a good fit for affiliate you, but we also wanted to have her on the podcast to A, keep us in line, B, look things up if we need, and C, you know, realize, I think we realize we need a female voice as well, right? Two dudes talking all the time. It's nice to hear. I mean, you're pretty feminine. (laughs) (laughs) I am, but Katie's got me beat on that just by a little bit. Just a little bit. Katie, who did you, did you and I meet first or did, because I did your podcast, correct? Mm -hmm. And then did, had you contacted or communicated with Jay prior to that? Yeah. So I actually interviewed Jay first on my podcast and then you. And And you're like, I need an upgrade. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, let's, you know, level four. I'm yeah. the only level four she ever had on her podcast. I the only one. It's true. It's true. The only one. And I listened, uh, I'm avid listener of the podcast, of course, but on episode 300, which you guys put out, I, um, if you remember, and I talk about a lot of stuff, but on that podcast, you talked about things that you were struggling with, with social media and just things you wanted to do. So I sent you guys an email saying I wanted to help and you took a chance on me, <laughs> I guess, six months ago now. And then a few last week um, came full time. So, yeah. Something else that's interesting, we put out 100 episodes in six months because that was six months ago. And we just put out episode 400, you know, a few weeks ago with Dave Castro. I think you put, yeah, maybe it might have been like some lag time. I mean, based on two years, that's about right. I mean, like if you're going to do 400 in two years, that's about 100 every six months. Wow, that's impressive. I got to give us credit. But yeah, you know, I think it's... <laughs> Who says that? I say that, you know, going back to what I was trying to, to get at, the mentality that we were talking about on the last episode has nothing to do with affiliate ownership. It has to do with ownership of your life. It has to do with entrepreneurship. And you can look at it from the, the side that, yeah, Fern and I started recording two years ago. And we just kept doing it, just like we talked about being an affiliate owner. You have to do it, even when it's not fun or glamorous or there's zero dollars coming in. But also from Katie's perspective, something I always tell people is you can be an entrepreneur without owning a business. Being an entrepreneur to me just simply says, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of me. And that might mean I'm willing to work for these two crazy people and take a risk. It might mean, you know, For example, we have a a nanny now, and I would consider her an entrepreneur. You know, she works for us technically, but if you're willing to set your schedule, you're willing to take the risk, you're willing to bounce around, you're continuously trying to improve your, I mean, she's always studying something like, I'm not referring to Katie, I'm referring to the nanny to be, you know, she's always reading about, you know, doula stuff and lactation stuff. Point is, you, you need to be bettering yourself, which is something we discussed. Do you want me to chime in or you want Katie to? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is typically where somebody responds to me. I'm used to- <laughs> Used there. to being ignored. Yeah, being ignored yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so, you know, with just with regard to Katie specifically, this is uh, this is a kind of a good example of where I think most gym owners, um, and it's weird. I have like, I have recurring conversations like in, in blocks, right. Cause like, it's like, I guess a lot of people go through the same thing at the same time. And one of them is, is where should I be investing 
time or money in, in my business. And I, I think one of the fatal flaws that really prevents a lot of affiliate owners from kind of making, you know, a, a, a leap over any one particular hurdle, but this one specifically is investing in the wrong thing. Meaning either most people will gravitate towards like, we need more equipment or we need a bigger space. Totally bypassing the very real fact that in order to get to the next level, you actually need people, right? And that's where I made mistakes many, many times. And then, so now, you know, what I think most people should be looking towards is your first investment as affiliate owner should be a coach, should be like, find somebody who is great at their job. I was just meeting with a coach here who is going to go back to uh, Hawaii and work, and he's going to go back and work at one of the gyms that we're working with in Affiliate U. And that's going to be a big breakthrough for them. And as well as another gym they're working with in North Carolina, they, they were, you know, a, a two man show and it's not work more, work harder. Yes. You have to do those things. It's not buy equipment. It's not expand your space. It's like build a team. The team will provide all the growth that you ever going to want, which is why we didn't invest like with best hour. We didn't invest in all sorts of other tech and other things. We're like, we need somebody who's good who can like help us move a little bit faster. And Katie's been great. You know, she's far more organized than either one of us, like by large margins, particularly you, Jay. Very, I mean, hopefully if people are listening to this, they got our first newsletter that went out last Friday, because this will be out on Monday. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you got that. Katie is- If not, off. Katie's fired, so it's been- <laughs> But Katie's responsible for that. And, you know, if you haven't already got it, definitely go to our website, besthouroftheirday.com. You should be able to join and get a newsletter every Friday that has some great advice, information, questions, et cetera. So, so go check that out. Fern, I do want to make an announcement. Okay. You finally uh, realized that level four doesn't mean anything? October 8th and 9th of 2021 what are you doing october 8th and 9th uh are we going on vacation bro dave matthews band is going to be here in denver colorado october, october 8th, 8th and 9th. 9th i suggest you put those kids in a cage or whatever you do with those two when you leave the house grab jess and, and fly out here and let's go hey, see you buy those plane tickets and i'll be there <laughs> Put Logan and Chappie in the basement and let's do Don't this. Don't forget, you owe me. You owe me. All right. You're coming out here. We're going. We're going to see Dave. So based on this past week's conversation, we got a lot of great feedback. Also, Katie, we got a lot of feedback on that original picture. Yeah, that was a, that was a funny picture. I laughed for a solid 30 seconds when I saw it. <laughs> so we that, – that hurts, Katie. The, um, what, so that, was that the first seminar we ever worked together, Jen? I think I it is. Feel, I was thinking about it. I don't think it is. I believe. Really? Yeah. I think we had worked together. That was clearly in, in at Reebok one. Yeah. yeah. So who, who was the flow? Well, Denise? the original picture also had Joey Dill and Cameron. Right. Yes. Joey Dill was there. Cam Soden was there. And, and then there must've been a woman. And I'm Katie. guessing. Was Katie, Katie was there? there? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty she, sure that's, I think she's, she sent us the picture, but I think she sent us the picture because she was there. She might have, oh yeah, because back in the day, we used to have like 
five or six trainers per seminar. Well, at Reebok, it was very much like when they used to do a lot of the ones at Rogue, which is they would they would very regularly hit 50 to 55 people. Yeah. Independent so. space. I'm assuming the flow is Denise, but here's what here's what I remember. I'm almost positive it was Denise or James, because oddly enough, I've never worked with Austin. Of all the time I've spent knowing Austin, I've never worked a seminar with him. Well, you're lucky because he's not that fun. But <laughs> If you remember this, Fern, I'm going to bring us way back. You and I, here's where I think we met. Ready? Are you ready? Because this is, you're going to remember it as soon as I tell you. Okay. Are you ready? I, yes. King of Prussia, you and Denise Thomas picking me up at Terminal F of the Philadelphia airport. There is no Terminal F. Exactly, exactly. So, but that was the first time we met. We, we had all flown in to Philadelphia. We were working a seminar at King of Prussia. And- Also, do you know that is, that we were the spark of Denise's marriage? Well, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna okay. get there. So for those of you that don't know Denise, we're talking about Denise Thomas, a longtime flow master. I believe she now works with CompTrain. She does, correct. She's something to do with Comtrade now. But great, great human being. She's been in our coaches development group. She's been on the podcast. So I landed in Terminal F, and you guys had landed in a different terminal, obviously. And you like we spent like two hours of you guys trying to find me. It was far too long. I I specifically remember because so anybody who's been to Philadelphia knows that if if you're trying to pick up an arrival at terminal F it is less than obvious where said terminal is. It's, it's like, it's, it's like one off ramp that is like not ideally placed in that whole thing. And, and that's a fairly uh, large airport. So we actually tried to make it through. And then we went, we left the airport and had to like drive over the bridge and turn around and come back because I was like, we had gone too far. I was like, we can't, we literally can't turn around now. We gotta, we have to keep going to the rental car area. Like, Terminal F, you cannot access any other terminals. Right. So I basically had to like meet you in some like obscure Hertz rent-a-car. It was like, that was the right. only way we can find. So anyway, it was a nightmare. We, we finally meet up and. So this is actually very relevant and actually very accurate. So all of this build up to then be let down, which is very much what it's like dealing with UJ, which is just like a lot of buildup and then just very anticlimactic. You're getting excited I'm just like, like I'm gonna Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're gonna go pick up this guy. He's great. And I'm just like uh the little kid standing over here on the side of the corner with his tote bag. Like is that who remember, we're picking up? I don't necessarily remember like okay, I met Fern like that moment. Because the truth is we may have met in passing prior to that at uh we actually for sure I don't know if we've technically met, but I, I, I do remember going either being at a, either, either a workshop or a competition or something or other. Um, and I'm gonna let you in on this. I no longer feel this way about you, Jay, but I do actually specifically remember I can come back to this. I was like, who's that douche with the long hair? Really? Yeah. I was just like, who's a little short guy with the long hair? Like what? Well, you, going said, on wait, wait. you just said douche and then you said short guy. They are two different things. You can well, be a short guy, not a dude. Yeah, but 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 you encompass both of those. Us both. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're both. Fair yeah. enough. I think back then I was. I think I, I agree with you. Because um, you, I mean, you did have a very air of I'm big man I'm back in the day. As, I'm right, but you know, you had you had a little bit of a swag, and I was like, look at this little 
short guy thinks he's tough. That's before I've talked about it. It was before I realized I was short. Yeah. And so now, now it's okay. Air about me. So no, I, I, I was aware of, well, and yeah. I, to be, to be very candid, I had no idea who you were and I didn't even know where that was, but I know I was familiar with you. Like I, I'm very good with faces. So I don't like, I, I may not remember names, but I'm very, very good with it faces. Was, I remember faces. You were, you were probably, you know, amidst competition, 2012 regional. I was gonna, I was literally gonna say you were probably, you're probably on the on the equipment team while I was competing, being a real athlete. That's yeah, so probably you, what happened. And I was like, hey, pick my bar up, like you move were that focused. out of the way. You yeah. were so focused that you, you know, you looked over and you just assumed I was him. I was like, hey, I might not win this competition, but at least I'm not that guy. So. so but let's go back because there is a funny story about Philadelphia. So Denise and you pick me up. We head to the hotel, which I forget, it was a Hilton because they have the cookies. The Double Tree. Double Tree. Okay, Double Tree. The cookies. Great hotel every time. And it's like in this kind of area that, you know, five minutes away, we've got this huge mall, like a cheesecake mm -hmm. factory, a Whole Foods, et cetera. So Denise, Denise picks us up. And she's being weird. No, I was, I was, I was driving because she's giving me shit the whole time about not being able to find. Okay, about, so, and it's and I'm fairly new, so like I'm not sure if she's being serious at this point. I'm just like she was like you're, she you know you know how Denise can be kind of serious. Yeah. She's like you're not very good at this, and I was like fuck. She like, has a very well. sarcastic, fun sense right. of humor, and I, I've known her for a long time. So you know, I I interned when on her very first gig that she was hired in South in uh, okay. um, and so you guys pick me up, and she takes us to the hotel, and she's like guys. You need the car quickly because I'm going to use it for the night. Remember? So she goes, do you need the car? Oh, yeah. And then we go inside. And, you know, typically, like, this is how the seminar works. We all get there. You check in. Typically, you put everything down if you haven't already done some grocery shopping. And then you head out to, like, a Whole Foods and maybe grab some dinner on the Friday night before seminar. Like, nothing right. Right. So, she, Denise, I need the car. So you and I, so we go inside. And there's, like, three... Two women sitting at the bar. There's Ashley, who will eventually become Denise's wife. Right. And then there's I want to I want to come back to that because there's another funny part that I didn't connect until later. But keep going. So then there's Vika. Vika. And, yep. And, and I'm I'm to this day friends with both of them. And you know, obviously Ashley, you know, is part of my life. She's Denise's wife. Like I was at their wedding. So, but she brings. They're us both. They're both phenomenal people. Yeah, and Ashley's like incredibly smart. I believe she's in the Ashley's getting ready to do the five K or the Frogman swim in Boston. I think like yeah, they're training month. for something. If you check like out. next month, yeah, I think they're both. Yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, all three of them. Her. I think Ashley, Denise, and Willie are doing it. Yeah. Willie being Sarah Wilkins. Sarah Wilkins. Yeah, yeah. So, so Denise, you know, and Katie, I know you're still listening. You're the only one, by the way, still listening. So <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. He literally introduces us and says, hey, something to the extent of this is Fern and Ackerman. They're leaving. They're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of like Fern and I, I think that's I kind of like, what we bonded. Like, what's happening? I was like, I was like what's going on? Yeah. Was like, she was so nervous, dude. So, you know, we can flash forward and say we didn't. And the whole weekend was like this. But 
we didn't realize like this was about to be their first date. Yeah, that was our first date. You know, and there's a huge backstory. I'll let Denise share that at some point. But she was incredibly nervous, which, you know, partly probably why she was acting that way in the car. That was that was literally what she said. She's like, this is Fern. This is Jay. They're leaving. And I was just anytime, like, what the anytime fuck? Anytime we've worked together or has been in the same room, the three of us since then. And this has got to be 2013. Probably. New. Yeah, so this is like almost eight years ago. Yeah. So every time we've seen each other since then, we've brought it up and, you know, and it wasn't for quite some time after that we understood the drama and exactly what was going on. It was oh, like, yeah. She didn't tell us for like years later. Or even like that yeah. night, you know, Saturday night's typically the trainer dinner. We were King of right. Prussia. I can assume we were with like Rob Miller and Amy Lyons. And I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Who, like, well, for sure, Amy. I don't know about Rob, but yeah, for sure, Amy. I remember Maybe Saturday Keith. night, Denise gave me the credit card and she was like, I'm not coming to dinner. Here's right. the card. And they went, you know, but anyway, so you and I went to Whole Foods. I don't really have a strong recollection of it, but I knew we went, like we drove. We did, we did not go to Whole Foods. We went to Wegmans. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. We went to a Wegmans. I love Wegmans. We have a Wegmans here. Wegmans, you get live music on Friday nights. Like there's a dude that plays acoustic guitar. Yeah, would, right. Not like a grocery store. Yeah. So that that to me is is my first recollection of meeting you. I mean, that's our, I think it's probably our first um, extensive interaction. One, one of the funny things about that is just like when we were in the car, you, obviously you and Denise had met and spent a little time together prior to that. And if any, if anybody hasn't figured out over these 400 episodes, Jay is the king of inappropriateness. And so like you were making, like you were, you and Denise were like banting, banding back and forth. And like, I did not know Denise was gay. Right. So I'm just like, wow. I was like, this is kind of making me uncomfortable a little bit right and you were like saying something about like you know like no i'm gonna take you out on a date denise something like that i'm like what the fuck <laughs> so then I don't you said yeah but it was like it was it was like but it it was going both directions right and i don't remember who initiated it but i was just like what in god's name is happening right now and then and then later on i found out, i was like oh i was like she's definitely you know not into dudes but definitely for sure not into this dude like <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know the first time I met Denise at that internship, I did not know she was gay. Obviously, none of that matters, but I didn't know. But at some point, I, you know, you realize that Chuck Carswell always says that about me. Chuck always says, Jay can get away with saying the most inappropriate things. And I think... Well, the only reason, the only reason it like came into my mind is because of the interaction that I was witnessing. I was like, what in, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then it all came full circle. And I was like, oh, I was like, now everything makes sense. I'm connecting all the dots at this point. I'm like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, you know, we got some pushback on a recent episode, right, Katie, with, with Zach Calander. Yeah. And I think, you know, Chuck always says I can get away with saying things. And then Joe Alexander, another amazing human being, one time said I've got the golden tongue, which I don't think he meant inappropriately. I think he meant, you know, just so that you can talk to people. And I think a lot of that just comes from intent. And then, right. I, that, I, even Kevin Ogar says this. He's like, you can say anything to anybody. It just depends on how you say it. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, when it, we've, we had them on recently with the adaptive community. Right. And, and he's, and he, I've talked to him about that extensively because, you know, Kevin is definitely one of those people who make you feel weird about, you know, making jokes about paralyzed people and stuff like that when and he'll do it and i've you know the first couple of times i spent with kevin i wasn't sure if i was allowed to laugh at some of the jokes that he was making i was like this is funny but internally i'm just gonna 
put that deep down inside because I don't know if it's right for me to laugh at that. And then I talked to him. I was like, bro, I was like, is it, can I joke with you? And he was like, bro, we're friends. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, next time you say that, stand up and talk to me and say that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's important. I think, you know, obviously in that scenario with Denise, I was probably being somewhat inappropriate, but you have to know your audience and know. So I, you know, remember that. And then, you know, going back to that boy band picture, I don't remember what we did, but we were like, let's take a boy band picture. It was for sure probably either Cam or Joey Dill's idea. I could see that. I could see that. (laughs) Can't, you know, Joey Dill, sure. longtime seminar staff member. He's in New right. Jersey. Cam's, I think he's a police officer now. Or I believe that is correct. No, police officer. Police officer. In so, no, Nor- NorCal somewhere. Yeah, in California. Yeah. Speaking so. of gay, speaking of gay, Fern, do you think Katie, you can't laugh. I'm about to ask a serious question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll keep it together. <laughs> do you think I would have had more or less success in the dating world if I was gay? Is that inappropriate to ask, Katie? You shook your head. It's fine. It's, it's the, like Fern said. It's the way you say it. It's fine. I'm happily married to a woman. I think you're. I think you'd be subpar in both communities. Definitely subpar in the female. I was just thinking about it. Like if I were gay, if I would have had an easier time. I think. I'm too small to be gay. I think. <laughs> What's that even mean? Is that there's like a cutoff? Like you got to be so tall. <laughs> I think I would have had a hard time being a nice guy. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, dude. That's. Uh, means, but means, you know what? I'm willing. I'm willing to go with that. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go with that. That will. We will. We will assume that that is the case. I. You know, I've almost exclusively dated women that are smaller. Which is impressive, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Roz is, I mean, uh, you know, smaller, equal in height, et cetera. Or if they were a tiny bit taller, like smaller frame, so they didn't look much bigger than me. But I think in, if you're dating men, I'm small for a man. So there's not, I'm, it's going to be hard for me to find a man smaller than me to date. Bagel boss. That's my, you know, if that's my <laughs> option. And, he, and he's angry. So, I mean. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably, yeah. you know, or I or want to know. date a bigger guy. I think I would want to date a smaller guy. Yeah, that'd be hard to find. Yeah. So anyway, I'll stick. I'll stick with my wife. I guess. <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> good, good, good plan. Good plan. I think it'll serve you well. Um, yeah, but the to to pull us out of this really atrocious rabbit hole that we're in the um going back to where we were talking about earlier with with regard to you know how affiliate owners could could bring help on and i think i think we i think we all look at the shiny things and think they will add value you know it's just like hey if i get some more bikes that'll help it might probably not i mean it might help it help a very specific problem which is this class is typically more people than i have bikes right but that's not actually the overarching problem right and which is something that to to be considered you know when i when i could look at something like maybe add more classes and spread those people out yeah i think anytime you're about to spend more money in life actually one of our clients gave me a really good insight and he you remember i give him a shout out drew remember drew the guy that you spoke to katie 
and you called me or Fern and you were like, hey, this guy wants to sign up. Yeah. So this, you know, this guy was interested in affiliate you. He's in Chicago. Be Strong is the name of his box. And he's like, I'm in. And then he didn't sign up. And I text him and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I always take 24 hours before Smart. making a Yeah. You know, I don't know if he has a threshold for what a big purchase is, but affiliate you is a substantial price and, you know, purchase and box owners should do the same. So here's, here's an example. And I love my box here, but the, we always run out of rings. We always run out of rings on, on ring road, it, ring roads are programmed. And whenever they're programmed, we run out or even a pull-up day. Cause a lot of people scale. There's like six sets of rings. And I said to the owner, I texted, I was like, hey, and I didn't even say, can we buy more rings? I was like, hey, we have six sets of high rings that I've never seen anyone use. Yeah, Let's pull them down. Right. But instead, he bought more rings. And I said, you know, this is a great example of like box owners can be smarter with their, like, they were cheap. I get it. But it's still, we still have six sets of high rings that are going unused. But long term, is that now a good investment? Because they're cheap. I'm going to have to buy nicer ones later. Right. Right. Or so taking up space that now we, now we, you know, have rings high. Right, but the better option would have been like, I, have I ever had six people in the high rings at one time? If the answer is no, you should take those down and repurpose them as low rings. Yeah. Leave one set up. I mean, two. First all, right. First of all, we, I don't think we've programmed ring muscle ups since I've been at the box going on a year now. Secondly, even if we did program ring muscle ups, there's never going to be a class that has more than two people doing them. Well, this is, this is just a, if we zoom out just a little bit and say, okay, there's a problem, right? We've presented said problem, which is a shortage of equipment. Well, number one, you can work around that. It's not like you can't change the programming in order to accommodate that. So it's like, okay, we do it, rewrite the programming, meaning I don't, and I don't mean take that piece of equipment out, make it an EMOM alternating you like you typically have 12 people in the class i've got six bikes pretty easy solution alternating imam assault bike uh power clean done simple solution Be and the reason i'm saying that is like figure out other ways to solve that problem rather than continuing to put that money in there because it's not solving the problem the problem is manpower right the problem is if i want to do something and i want to and i want to build a great business like great businesses are predicated on great teams You've heard me talk about it before, and I'm truly not joking. I'm being 100% genuine. I love Doc Spartan products. I use it every day. I talk about the Sex Panther beard bomb. That's literally what is in my beard right now. And I use all of the scrubs. My favorite being the coffee scrub, just in the shower, gives you the tingles, gives you the feels. I love it. And there's so many other great products. I use their deodorant. I've used their hand care when I've had tears. Just check them out. It's veteran owned, you know, guy that was in the military serving our country, Dale. I got to know him over the years and he's just a great dude. And I started buying his products and he reached out to me and said, hey, we want to support the show and we appreciate it. And I just want you guys to not only support Doc Spartan and Dale, but also reap the benefits. If you want to be sexy like me, then you want to check out Doc Spartan products, 15% off with the code best hour. That's best hour for 15% off anything at their website, docspartan.com. Check out the coffee scrub and definitely check out the 
beard balm and ladies there's stuff for you too so head on over to docsbarn.com use the code best hour and save 15 percent. if you build a great team first then i can therefore build a great business great. so i've done it backwards and i've done it the other way and i will tell you unequivocally that the better option is hiring good people yeah and you know going back to us in this moment best hour of their day you have to, people think, oh, you know, you guys are, are crushing it and, and you know, you're, you're wildly successful and that's why you're bringing somebody else on. I don't know that anybody's saying that. Do you just uh, say that because you want to make yourself feel better about that? Again, at least one to two texts a year where they're like, man. You a are, year, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are the epitome of success. No, but, you know, we've done okay. But I will tell you, like, we, you and I, had many conversations before bringing Katie on full time of just like, hey, is this the right time? And the truth of the matter is, no, it's not the right time. We're doing it early, but that's what you should be doing. You need to be taking some risk. I wouldn't say it's like so early that we're worried we're not going to be able to pay Katie, but it's more like, okay, we're taking this risk and we know there's more risk in not bringing somebody on than there is in bringing somebody on. And the fear is always like, okay, well, that's, that's, it's a scarcity mindset, meaning like, all, cause anybody, all everybody looks at on the higher is the money. Like, oh, we're going to play this. We're going to have to pay this person said number of dollars instead of looking at the positive of it. Like, again, I literally just did this with a, with another gym where they hired a coach and I'm like, Hey, just real quick. How much time did you get back in the week? And they were like about 30 hours. And I was like, seems legit. 30 hours of your week back between the two of you collectively. Now the, now the challenge becomes now, where do I repurpose that time? Because the answer is not just like be absentee owner, check out and do it. That, that will fall apart for you. Now it's like repurpose my time on, on equally or more important things and basically just double the output, right? All looked at through the lens of doing things really well. Right. So this doesn't, this is not to suggest be haphazard and just like do a bunch of random stuff and, and be busy. No, it's like, no, focus on doing things really, really, really well. Meaning like, okay, well, if you are not coaching on the floor anymore, well, I could repurpose my time in two places. I could redesign my onboarding process and do coach development with those roughly 30 hours that I was coaching on the floor. I'll do 15 to, you know, do coach evals a month, right. Which is 15 more than virtually every other gym out there is doing and then redesign our onboarding process so that it really checks the boxes for what would then be a good experience for athletes coming in, which is now a, a really big piece of their whole retention tool that is long-term. So you can just focus on things that are more important or fix things that you, um, you know, have been wanting to fix for a really long time that are causing you pain points you know, or streamlining things, you know, for figuring out what we should keep doing and what we should get rid of. But I'm just always, you know, putting out fires every day and running from one task to the next and doing all that stuff because I, there is no free time. So that is where I think people should do that. And I think it's anybody who's opening a box or running a business that that should be the number one priority is put, put the systems in place, design what I want to deliver a first-class experience. And then who's the next kick-ass team member that I'm going to bring on? Right. And you will probably end up at some point hiring somebody that you will fire. Like it, it, like it happens. Right. You know, very candidly, like, you know, discuss that about you. We're playing. So, no, but like, uh, so 
you know, we were talking about this earlier, which is like, man, like so, sometimes it's so refreshing to think, and this is, you know, giving Katie a pat on the back. She's like, man, I think we hit the nail on the head like the first time, which is kind of, kind of rare. Like to get somebody who like comes in, picks up on it, like is, you know, what we would call like fire and forget requires very little direction, understands what the goal is and then just gets to work, you know? So I think that is, you know, but that doesn't happen all the time and it's okay because I can just cycle through and go to the next person, you know, if it doesn't work out. So. And, and part of that, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So you guys are being very kind <laughs> and like boosting me up and talking about team members, but I think too, it comes a lot from the, type of leadership that you put out there. I mean, you both have, it's, um, I mean, your experience with affiliate ownership, and I know we're specifically talking with regards to that. Um, and I mean, the mistakes that you've made, the experiences that you've garnered, um, that has what has been led you to be the leaders that you are today. And so if I am a good addition to the team, it's because of you guys, because of how you've led me to grow in these last six months to be worthy of joining full-time. Well, we appreciate it, but it works both ways, right? And that's kind of what I wanted to ask. I think too many box owners, once they say, okay, I'm going to pay this person. And this goes for anything, whether it's a box owner, uh, an entrepreneurial venture like this, or even a nanny. You're like, okay, I'm paying this person. And then the expectations and entitlement starts to jump up exponentially. Like, I'm paying you. And we forget, and something you've always been really good at, Fern, and you, you preach to our clients is, you know, you need to pay people for their time. And I think there's a disconnect with box owners when they have a part-time coach, whether that part-time coach is working for their membership or, you know, getting paid 15 or $20 per class, understanding you're paying them for this hour slash hour and 15. And most people don't look at it. They look at it like an hour. We all know one class is not an hour. It's a minimum an hour and five, an hour and 10. So paying people accordingly, but then also having the appropriate expectations. You can't, just because you're paying somebody for, you know, Tuesday's four and five o'clock class doesn't mean they're expected to show up Saturdays early for the party or, you know, to take out the garbage or, you know, to work one-on-one -on -one with nutrition clients. The point is, when you're paying someone, understanding what you're paying them for, and then setting the appropriate expectations for both you and that person. This is something I, I made this mistake for quite literally probably half, probably half a decade. And as a leader, as an owner, having the unrealistic expectation that a part-timer should take full-time responsibility. And that is a lose-lose scenario. It is a sign of immaturity, which of you know you have immaturity at all evolutions of your of your development, your growth. But it's a sign of immaturity from a from a from a owner and leader standpoint to not recognize that I'm not paying this person to take a a workload that would be appropriate for a full timer. What I'm paying them is to do part time work. That is the expectation that I have for their output. Now, if they go above and beyond, then I think you should find other ways to, to take care of them, whether it's like buy them dinner or, you know, give them a gift or give them a day off, you know, just walk in and be like, Hey, I got your 9am class, bro. Like go ahead and work out. I'll coach it. Do something. But the point is, this is you, we really need to taper that. And, and, and in tapering that 
the follow on conversation be like, how do I get a full timer? So then I can set full time expectation and make sure that you really bring in somebody who is fired up about doing work and is a pipe hitter and just really just ready to roll. That is how you level up your business. It's not assault bikes. It's not more space, right? Because your bigger space is not going to help just you run more classes. Like it's just more people, more issues. It's way harder. Your skill level is probably not up to, you know, not up to snuff to coach 25 athletes. You know, you, you would probably be better off just like finding an awesome coach, you know, and, and adding three to four classes to the schedule, filling that out. And then eventually at that point, when you have, you know, 10 classes, you know, running 15 to 20 people a day, probably time to look for some new space. But at this point, the manpower is already built into that. I probably have the revenue at this point to, to really move to a different space, probably pay for the build out with capital on hand and not stress out about it. That, that is what we should be doing. But everybody is like got all of their eggs in this. Like we need more equipment and we need sandbags and we need a worm and we need more sleds and we need ski ergs. And we need all this bullshit. No, you need another good coach. And maybe two, um maybe and maybe that it may not even be another good coach. In a, most instances, I would even go so far as to say, like, you stay on the floor as much as you can, which means I may need to look very hard at finding a VA to do all the stupid admin stuff that I hate to do. And quite frankly, I'm not very good at. So I can pay somebody not full time because they're crazy efficient with their time behind a computer on a keyboard with spreadsheets to do that kind of stuff. And they can do what would take me four hours and 25 minutes. That, that solves my problem. And now I can focus on the floor. These other things are getting done. And then as I move off of the floor, I can move over to something that is a little bit more, um, you know, relevant to the, to the growth of the business, which might be sales. Yeah. If you're a box owner, you don't have a virtual assistant. You, you're, you're spending a lot of unnecessary time doing things, you know, even. Well, it's, it's not right for everybody, but it's definitely a conversation to be had. Right. Which is like, I'm overwhelmed. And it's like, cool. What are you overwhelmed with? I'm overwhelmed with these things. Well, that doesn't always mean a coach that could mean, okay, well, those are very specific tasks that I would maybe be able to hand off to a virtual assistant. Maybe not. I don't know. It's a conversation, but it should be looked at more often by box owners because this is how I can, in my opinion, that is kind of like the bridge. It's the bridge to a full-time employee. First thing I have to do is like get rid of these kind of like seemingly menial tasks that are taking up a ton of my time and mental space. And then what that allow me to do is like continue to give a kick-ass experience on the floor, make sure I design my referral programs and all the stuff that, that we would teach to, that would lend itself to growth, which then lends itself to capital on hand to hire somebody full-time. Yeah, something we preach all the time to our clients is eliminate, automate, delegate. And I think too many box owners are afraid of doing any of those three things, but more so when they hear that eliminate, automate, delegate, they immediately hear delegate. And, you know, that's a part of what you're saying, which yes, you need to delegate. But before delegating, I would encourage you to look at what can be automated, i.e. no one has to do it. And that might look like some sort of syncing of widgets behind the scene to modify to your computer, to whatever that is. But even prior to automating, what can actually be eliminated? What are you doing every day that doesn't need to be done? You know, so for example, we used to, this is way back when, post every picture we took to the website or, or do a multiple blog posts per day. And I think there was some value in there, but certainly many of those things could have been eliminated. And then definitely, you know, as 
technology improved. I mean, we, you and I were both open for pre, you know, social media, pre-Instagram. So the blog was where you, you spread the love and, and grew your community online. We even had right. a forum on our site. But now that there's social media, it's like, okay, how can I automate this? Well, I take one picture a day, I upload it to a file and, you know, one of our coaches, you know, gets delegated that task. There's, there's plenty you should do, but I would encourage box owners, if they've not already done this, sit down, write out every single thing you do. And that looks like, you know, I've cleaned the toilets, I take the garbage out, I coach these classes, I write the program, what, anything you do and, you know, put an E, an A or a D next to it. But if there's a D next to it, you need to be certain that it's not capable of being automated or more so should it actually be eliminated. And, and this always helps. And I've gone through this with, with different people just to, to have an outside set of eyes, look at it because I might be delegating the wrong things. I might be delegating things that I'm good at, right. Or I might be delegating something that might be, for instance, you know, client facing that might not be the best task for a VA to do. And I might need something that, you know, nobody sees behind those scenes, but like gets done on a daily basis, you know? So, and it's a conversation, you know, and one of the first, one of the interesting things that I'll do with some gyms is say, Hey, give me your total payroll for all the coaches that you pay. And they got like 12 coaches on the payroll. And I'm like, and all they're looking at is individually what they're paying each one of them, right? 300 bucks, 400 bucks, 250, 150 bucks, 275. And I'm like, cool. Add all of that up. What does it look like? And they're like, you know, looks like anywhere between 3000 and 4,000 bucks. And I'm like, somebody will, you could hire somebody full-time for, for 35, 36, $45,000 a year. Somebody will take that. It, you know, at the bare minimum, they'll take 75% of it and be able to, and be able to provide better value because now you have a professional on the floor whose job is to coach CrossFit not somebody who's just doing it on the side, which is, which is the point of this whole conversation, which is we really need to taper the expectation from coaches on like what people have a threshold for doing if they're part-time and saying, well, my coaches should just really, you know, they should just really want to do it. I'm like, that's bullshit, man. Very few people fall in that bucket where they're just going to crush themselves part-time at night, writing lesson plans, doing all this other stuff when they have a full-time, you know, nine to five and two kids and are just like doing this out of leisure right? You have to make that leap at some point to, to build a team where it's not just you and a bunch of part-timers that it's not a business. It's not like you, you are actually the sole person. You're just, you're just unaware of it at that point. Yeah. You, you, I know for me, I tricked myself into thinking I've got all these employees, I'm running this great thing. And it was like, I had 20 part-timers, most of which were interns getting paid nothing. And then I would just have a tremendous amount of frustration when I actually needed help or needed something, you know, you'd always have one or two that would stick around. And ultimately those became my full-time. I mean, I remember my, you know, Murph, the guy that lost all that weight and was working for me, he and this guy, James, they would just continue to show up. And James ultimately became, you know, a, a partner of mine. He co-authored my nutrition book. And it was, I just remember thinking like, why are you here? Like you, you, he went to college like three hours away. He's like, I don't know. I just like helping out. And I'm like, you're the kind of guy I want. And ultimately I hired him out of college and he became a full-time coach and he's still, you know, he's in his thirties now he's an adult. So, you know, it, it's, it's an easy, I would say it's almost like, you know, coach Klassman has that, like the, the novice coach, mm -hmm. I would say there's the novice entrepreneur and the novice entrepreneur 
which most of us spend way too much time there. If not forever. If not forever, yeah. Most box owners never leave that. But the novice entrepreneur doesn't respect other people's time. They don't value it. They don't pay them for their time. And they're always frustrated because their unwillingness to pay people eventually just becomes half-assed workers that ultimately get frustrated as well. And now we've talked about this before on a recent episode. Those, those workers need to take some onus as well and tell the box owner, hey, you know, I, I, I deserve to get paid more or, you know, this and that. And we never really heard that from Katie, I don't think, because we were always on top of it, you know? We, we were always like, hey, if you're doing work for us, even if it's beyond the scope of what we first discussed, let's let's make sure you're getting paid for it. So go I was going to say is, you know, like more tangibly, right? And the big, the big thing here is most gyms are just owner operator. That's it. There is nobody else that is a, that, that earns a living outside of like the owner. And going back to the previous podcast we did, that needs to change. Now here's how you change it. Right. So here's the goods. Number one, I have to acknowledge that if I want to grow, because if you add the right team member, the trajectory starts to make a very steep climb very quick because I've just multiplied my ability to do things, right? I've got more people. Everybody's fresh. Everybody's fired up. The, the mood is better. My output is double, all that kind of stuff. So because most gym owners be like, I can't pay somebody full time. Cool. You know, we, we are aware. Like that's where you're at, where you're at. What I need to do is figure out what would I need to pay this person, right? What would the gym need to gross in order to pay this person X number of dollars, right? And it doesn't need to be 50, 60 out of the gate. Like be realistic with yourself, meaning like, well, with somebody who's not working currently, you know, is either a stay at home parent or something like that, or is like a college kid who's just kind of like, you know, diddling around doing nothing. But wants to let's, get their foot in the door. But wants to get their foot in the door and is willing to make some sacrifices, right? So let's just call it three grand a month. Okay. Three grand a month. Cool. What? So that's the number I need to hit. So what number do I need to get to? Let's just call it an three grand increase in revenue. So I go from 10 grand a month to 13 grand a month. And then I have to figure out, okay, well, cool. How do I do that? What does that equate to? Well, average membership is about an average client value is about 150 bucks, 20 people. How do I get to 20 people? How long is it going to take me to get there? Well, if I'm going to do my net three, let's be a little aggressive. Let's go net four a month. In five months, I've produced the revenue to pay this person full-time, three grand a month. But what I've done is I've taken this, you know, really big, hairy monster of, of hire a full-time employee and I've condensed it down to net four. I need net four and in five months, I will be able to hire a full-time. And we'll talk later about like how you shouldn't, shouldn't do that because there's a ton of mistakes people do there. But that reverse engineer it because if I just said, hey, net four or like what we always preach is net three, so call it six months now and we're still there, net three that's not overwhelming for somebody. It also gives me intention as a business owner. Now I'm intentionally growing the gym to give somebody else opportunity that will provide a better experience for my clients and overall make everybody happier. With net three, six months, right? That is how you come up with that plan. Now there's a lot of things I got to put in place for that. You know, do I have all of the necessary tools to facilitate that? Yes or no. If you're just randomly waiting for people to walk in the door, it's probably not a plan. 
it might happen. It, in most numbers that I see, they're getting at least three people walking in the door every month. So you could back your way into that kind of ignorantly. It, it, it could happen, but I would want to be intentional about it. So that's what I'm going to be looking at. So that is how you start to solve this problem is like, what, what would be reasonable? What does that look like? What's the gap? And then how do I get to the gap? How long is it going to take me based on a very reasonable goal? And it usually looks like net three or four within four to six months, you'll be able to do that. Man, so much information in this week's episode. Katie. All thanks to young Katie. All thanks to you, Katie. So yeah, I go with all of those. All the information was written by me beforehand. So yes, you're welcome. We're just reading. <laughs> We're just reading your notes. But yeah, I love it. You know, I, I think two major things to take away. I love that, Fern. Like, you should be planning for that hire. And part of that needs to be the eliminate, automate, delegate thought process. Homework, if you're listening. And I would say this is, it doesn't matter if you're a box owner or a coach or you have a real job. You should be assessing this in your everyday life. I, I do this all the time for my personal stuff and have a lot of things in my life, you know, that I've automated. Like I'll give you a simple example is like Amazon. I subscribe and save. There's so many things. I think about, okay, my vitamins, how obviously there's 30 in a box and I take one a day. So every 30 days, I, those little things, it's just, you, you hear some of the geniuses of the world, like the Zuckerbergs and the, and the Steve Jobs, you know, before he passed, they always wear the same shirt. They always eat the same breakfast. And what they're really doing is automating those things. They're eliminating thinking. I do that for all the lights in our house. So all the lights are based on my morning routine. So I never have to go turn lights on and off anymore. Like they all just kick on and they start to ramp up over time. So that when I get up out of bed at 515 and by the time I walk up, I get coffee, the lights are at like 30%. So I'm not blinded by this bright light. The office lights are up. So by the time I walk in there, I don't have to turn on any lights. And then they all kick off or on whenever I'm supposed to, because I was walking around flipping lights on all the time and worried about the damn electricity bill. Katie, you know what I just said from that? Fern is trying to humble brag that he gets up at 515. <laughs> I heard that too. You know, that's that great, great for you, Fern. We get the it. first alarm goes off at 5.15. One hour later, after me punching the alarm clock, then I eventually get out you of bed. Uh, no, not anymore. I used to. I used to be I used to be the world's greatest snoozer. I'm snoozing. That was something at a young age. I was like, this is lazy. And I've never, ever snoozed. And I used to, when I would have like sleepovers at a friend's house, or luckily I've never dated anyone that snoozed. But it's like, just set the alarm for the time you want to get up. Like, stop doing this. If you're going to snooze it four times, just set your alarm for 30 minutes later. And I've always kept the alarm on the far side of the room. Now, of course, I don't have one because I've got a three-month-old. That's my alarm. That's my alarm. Well, anyway, great information. And like I was saying, everyone listening to this challenge for you, this is going on Monday, give yourself a week and think, you know, have a notebook open for every task you do for this week. Because some days... You know, Tuesdays is garbage night, Thursdays is, you know, date night, whatever it is, you know, write down everything you do and then think about what can be eliminated, automated and delegated. And you're going to have a more successful week and you're going to be just more prosperous and um, productive. I'm ending it right there. It's too late. You, you can't end it when you say you're going to end it. You just have to end it. So you never miss an episode of the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.